Hello, everybody. My name is Jacob Aaron. Alongside me are Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Eric Thompson of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. Today is special. Many reasons why. Firstly, it is our second final episode of the 2018-2019 school year. B, we are actually recording this episode and potentially uploading it to YouTube afterward, depending on how well it goes. So <laughs> fingers crossed on that. And C, with us here today is none other than Claire Eccles of the UBC softball team. She was the first female player to ever play in the Collegiate West Coast League, and she pitched her way to success on the back of her fantastic knuckleball, which we'll get into in a bit. But thank you for coming in today. Give a round of applause, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks, Claire. So... I guess to get things started, you're a fourth year here at UBC, or at least on the Thunderbirds team. Yeah, yeah. And you primarily occupy center field and bat third in regards to softball. But besides softball, when you're on the baseball field, you mainly are a pitcher. Can you tell me a bit about that? Um, well, yeah, I've always played baseball since I was young. Um, softball was something I started up when I went into high school. Um and then I continued, and I, I play on the national team as well for baseball. So I actually do hit with them, and I play in the outfield with them. But, yeah, when I was playing on um, the Harbor Cats team, I was just strictly pitching. And mentioning the Harbor Cats, you were the first female to play in the West Coast League when you broke back onto the scene in 2017, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then since then, you joined. You were on the Harbor Cats team for a couple of years. And players that were in that league included Chris Davis of the Orioles, the not-so-good Chris Davis. Rough as, start. Right, as well as Jacoby Ellsbury and James Paxton. And you got a lot of attention for being the first female to break onto the scene. I mean, ESPN, Sportsnet, CBC covered you. Even the MLB had an entire Facebook and Twitter feed about you. What was it like getting all that media attention? Uh, pretty surreal. I had had a bit before just playing on the national team, but nothing like this. And I remember when it was the idea was kind of being formulated with the GM of the team. He was saying how big this would be. And I remember meeting him with my mom and we just kind of looked at each other and were like, oh, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, right. Like it wouldn't happen or yeah, it wouldn't be well, big? It wouldn't be big. We thought it would get like a few newspapers provincially and stuff and people think it would be cool. But we had no idea how big this would blow up. And it really didn't hit me at first um, until Ari Dickey happened to tweet at me. Uh, I think right after my interview with CBC, like the next day after the media had found out. And yeah, it just, it kind of blew me away. And Ari Dickey is known for his knuckleball. He used to play for the Jays. Now he's yeah, moved yeah. on. I think he's with the Braves now. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> regardless, you yourself are also very well known for your knuckleball pitch. Can you tell me how you started to develop that? Yeah, I was fooling around I was always just kind of throwing the ball with all my teammates when I was in elementary school and everyone at some point tries to throw a knuckleball when they're young and a lot of the times the guys that I played with it wasn't working and mine was working and I kind of stuck with it and fooled around with it a bit and then eventually it became something I could use in a game um so yeah plus being a bit slower pitching Versus like all the guys, the rest of the guys in the West Coast League, it kind of helped me out a little bit, I guess. 
your fastball. Is it 72 or 76? I've heard some discrepancy there. <laughs> I think it came out as 76, and I was like, I've never once said that it's that fast. So, um, so you say it's 72. I'd say it's like max 72. <laughs> <laughs> so realistically more like 70 topping at 72. Yeah, I'd say around 70 more so. Um, but yeah, that it came out and then it someone somehow said I was throwing high 70s and I was like, that's not right. But but regardless, the knuckleball has made you a very competitive player. You played two summers with the Harbor Cats. What were some of your favorite experiences there? I believe you even played with like some UBC players at during yeah, 2017? Yeah, yeah. I played with Justin Norton and Kyle McComb, Adam McKillican, to name a few. Um, and that was really nice because I knew they were going to be on the team right from the start, like when I got there. So I have some familiar faces around. Um, there are also a few other guys from or the lower mainland um, that I had known, didn't know all that well, but they were super excited for me. So it was kind of nice having a bit of comfort going into it. And then also a lot of the guys did reach out to me before I even got there. And yeah, I just heard a lot of positive things about my, in like my new teammates. So it was really nice. And uh, probably one of my favorite memories was, um, I can't remember who we were playing, but the team in 2017 was down like eight runs and you guys are the opposition we were and I came into pitch and had a pretty good inning um and then we came back in and all of a sudden they bases were loaded no outs bottom of nine and then we kept scoring and scoring and scoring and then it was like within one run um at some point and all the guys were like we're gonna get this win for you Claire and um they did, and the guy who said it was actually the one that got the winning hit um, off the other team. It, like, bounced right over the third baseman's head, and it it was probably the coolest experience I'd ever been a part of. But, yeah, like, everyone rushed onto the field. His name was Noah Pruitt, Pruitt I think. Um, but, yeah, everyone rushed on the field and dumped a thing of Gatorade on him, and then... I thought it was over and like we all huddled everyone was super excited and then the GM called me into the middle and then next thing I know I had a Gatorade shower <laughs> and all the guys and it was really cool but it also was unfortunate I think it was a fireworks night so I just had to sit there in my wet clothes but <laughs> yeah but if that's fantastic so bottom of the ninth eight run comeback it was something like that it was yeah like, walk off victory it's so cool it, you came in to pitch before that and you yeah you so basically I got the held, win you got the win because yeah. the vulture win at that point yeah. coming out of the pen <laughs> yeah somehow I got the win but it was it was really cool and I I don't know they always had my back it was it was a pretty special season, the first one for me, and I think a lot of the other players too. And going way back to your roots, where does this love of baseball come from? I heard a video game might play <laughs> part in this. Yeah, it was a video game. I got it when I was five years old for my yeah my fifth birthday, and I just I I don't know what is it was because like it backyard baseball. It, yeah, two thousand two, two thousand three. I I can't remember, but um yeah, I got it from some family friends. And my parents never forced me into, like, you know how some people, the parents sign them up for, like, dance or soccer or whatever. They, like, kind of just let me pick my own path. And I had played soccer for the fall, winter season. But, yeah, my my birthday's in the fall, so I got that game. And then by the time spring rolled around, I was like, I want to play baseball. So they signed me up, and they were like, okay. And then and the rest was just, history. Yeah, and, like, Ichiro was a player on that video game, and... Like, being from Vancouver and Seattle being the closest team, 
and me being half Japanese and my birthday's the 25th of October and his is the 22nd. It was too many. So co- I, there were yeah. too many connections. And there. like, I know it's three days off and like, he's way older than me and he's full Jap- Japanese and everything. But yeah, I, he, he was my hero for so long, even though he's not a pitcher, but. And what do you think about his recent retirement? He actually just played in Japan. Yeah. And that, that was cool. It's weird though. Cause like he retired last year and then right. came back and everything. But like, yeah, he's always been one of my favorite players. And I was actually at the game when he got traded to the Yankees. Oh, from, from the Mariners. Because it happened like right when the Yankees were in Seattle. So I was going to that game and he just happened to be in the other uniform, which was kind of sad to see. But I definitely became a bigger Yankees fan and Marlins fan when he was on both those teams. So Ichiro is the focal point of baseball, something that clearly never left you after childhood. Yeah. You went on to play for the Team Canada women's baseball team at just 16 years old. Correct. Yeah. That's when you first started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the 2014 IBAF World Cup. Then you went on to play the 2015 Toronto Pan Am Games, mm-hmm. and then later you went to the 2016 Women's Baseball World Cup in South Korea. Can you tell me some of those most memorable experiences of your national appearances? Um, oh, man, there's a lot. I uh, I think it's cool and it's so different because. Baseball with women was something that I had not really ever been used to, and it was just something I found when I was coming into high school. I actually stopped playing baseball um, for a year between elementary school and high school just because the guys were getting too big, and I actually didn't realize there was even a woman's side to baseball until I had a friend tell me about the provincial team, and I went out to that. And I didn't even realize there was a national team until the year that I made it. Or the, the year before. So um, who who told you about it? Uh, a girl named Helen Terry, who has also played in my like city baseball league, White Rock South Surrey Baseball Association. She she knew about it, so she's like, "Oh, you gotta come, you gotta play," because she knew I, I hadn't played baseball that year and I had just played softball. Um, so yeah, she's like, "You gotta try it," and I loved it. And yeah, I went to Cuba a couple times for like a national development camp, and then um, at some point, the national team head coach kind of approached me and was like oh you have a good chance to uh play for team canada one day and i was just like are you serious and he was like yeah um so that was cool but i think the fact that the first time i made it it was in japan uh we were held that was pretty special rings home yeah and i had actually had a rough exhibition game the very first i always got so nervous playing like with like at a more elite level I always just seemed to have like a bad first game so I had a bit of a rough exhibition game the first time is this after in 2014 yeah after I made the national team we're in Japan and I just like walked and hit like every batter it seemed like and I got pulled and like I was pretty emotional at that point and I just like kind of just questioned myself I think about how good I was as a player and then um yeah they gave me a chance against Australia um towards playoffs and they're yeah I remember the head coach like, that game went very well yeah it went way like that yeah I I mean I wasn't expecting to do poorly but I think I was like I definitely need to kind of prove myself and yeah I had a good game and that was pretty special for me because that was the first time actually like in a world cup setting um and then, and then you went on to throw a complete game later, right? Or was that the game where you threw the complete? That was in 2016 in South Korea. Wow. Yeah. So you 
it was just a slow climb uphill, but you eventually really reached that peak of elite baseball pitching. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the top level. But here at UBC, you don't play baseball. You're on the softball team. Yeah. Where you occupy mainly center field, occasionally mm-hmm. left, sometimes, This I believe. year, it's just center. Yeah. But in, when you look at baseball, you're a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Why those two positions, and have you ever thought about changing it between the two sports? Because um, it's hard to compare apples to apples, although they look similar on the field. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a very different sport, and there's like there's no no way I could ever pitch in softball. I don't understand the windmill thing. I don't get how they <laughs> throw it that fast. I don't get how um, they throw it that accurately. Like mine goes straight up if I ever try. Um, but no, I tried first base when I first played softball and the ball was just too big for me I wasn't used to it so I seemed to always <laughs> drop. like twice or two and a half times the, the size of a baseball yeah yeah it's way bigger and um so and me being a lefty um there's stereotypically not generally like not any place to put a lefty like it's not so often you see anyone except in on the, the mound. <laughs> except on the mound, except on first base and in the outfield. So I think yeah, here's just like oh, okay, you'll play the outfield. My coach said so. I did, and then I started to really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I I have a strong arm from um, baseball, I'd say, so that helps. But I I do love the outfield, and like I love it in baseball as well. But pitching is definitely my favorite spot. But I know that can't translate over into softball just because. The, the different emotions. Yeah, exactly. So defensively, you mentioned you have a good arm. You're good defensively. Offense, it's also off the charts. 2016 wasn't quite that good. You only had a couple <laughs> at-bats. It was like a 111 average. I don't even know if you remember that. Um, Was that my first year? First year. I broke had, my rib in my first year. And you had 18 plate appearances because yeah, of it. Yeah, I, sh- I definitely struggled at the beginning. I wasn't quite used to, I think, university level. And then, yeah, the second or third weekend I think I broke my rib so I was out the rest of the season and then my second year I was kind of plagued with like ankle injuries so I missed I started off strong I remember but I definitely started to slowly go down as my injuries started to bug me a bit more but yeah last year and then junior year you became a star (laughs) uh I don't know about a star but I had a good year and then this year's only gotten better somewhat uh it's nice this year we have so much it's really it's cool to play with like so much depth we have a lot of young talent so it's kind of nice you're batting 385 too not too shabby you am i yes you Um. mia and (laughs) one other player on the team who jake can maybe pull up for us are all over 380 and and your ops currently is 1013 and for those listening who don't know what ops is ops it's basically your on base so how many times you get onto a bag successfully from the batter's box plus your slugging so you're basically your power it's off the charts i mean mike trout the current best player in the mlb his career is 995 i know softball baseball stats are a little different mm-hmm. but it shows that you really are a top level hitter too jake knows the other name uh, casa courtney, casa oh, courtney casa, also yeah. above 380 yeah. oh cool uh well thank you i didn't actually know that so that's cool so what do you think what do you think's led to all that success um that's a good question. I think, uh, I don't know, I, I'm pretty laid back in a lot of things. I think that helps me sometimes. Sometimes it's a disadvantage. Maybe people think I don't care enough or maybe I need to put a bit more 
work in I guess but um I don't know I just I like to have fun and I like to play relaxed and I think I focus too much on a lot of outcomes before and now I just kind of trust that I can play and trust my abilities and it works out for the most part I'm also super superstitious um let's hear it what are your superstitions i can't tell you some of them they're that dirty <laughs> for the radio well no like some of my teammates know like i have to put i put do you know the dinosaurs candy dinosaurs is anyone familiar in the booth yeah, Cor- yeah. Corey will give you the yes <laughs> um but well there's certain like pre-game stuff i have to do but yeah leading up to my at bats i have to have the same routine like i have to swing my bat around a few times on my right hand and then my left and then put a certain foot there are the the dinosaurs gummies <laughs> yeah they so go. wait wait you you jumped over those no, what's your superstition there um it makes me think that i'll have a good at bat so you eat them before every at bat i have them during and at bat Wow. And they have to be a certain color and a certain shape, depending on how I've been doing. And do you sneak them into your back pocket? No, I have <laughs> I have a huge bag. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my teammates know, and like it, it, it gets a bit ridiculous sometimes. It got pretty ridiculous actually last year at playoffs. Um. What but, What were these new superstitions at playoffs? Um. No, just more routine stuff. Like, and yeah, before the game, I like had to sit at a bench by myself and just think about the same things beforehand and like if anyone sat down I'd get up and go sit somewhere else because yeah but I don't know I have a lot I just can't tell a lot of them but well I I hope that we'll hear them eventually maybe not today okay maybe we need a follow-up interview to hear more once of them. I'm once my career is over <laughs> fair enough <laughs> beyond the superstitions you actually had a trinket that was dedicated in your honor a bobblehead I I don't know if you remember this. (laughs) Back in your Victoria Harbor Cat days, do you own it? Do you have this bobblehead? It's Uh, pretty glorious. You're wearing a construction (laughs) hat. Yeah, I have about, I'd say I I think I have 30 of them that were given to me by the Harbor Cats. So I just have 30 around sitting at my parents' house (laughs) that I've been meaning to give to family and friends that have asked for it, but just haven't gotten around to it. Do, Do you think it's an accurate description of what you look like? No. Not at all. I think I look like Shrek. Wow, that's rough. <laughs> well, you need to tell the designers to change that one. No, up. no, I, th- I don't, I don't really care. I think it's just cool. It's pretty. It's a pretty big honor that I even have a bobblehead of myself. And then going on with the topic of honor, this June your number is going to be retired by the team. Mm-hmm. What is it like to get that kind of designation? Uh, it's crazy. I didn't really realize that it would happen i think i heard whispers and stuff um this is for the victoria harbor yeah, cats by the way not ubc softball yeah um but it yeah a huge honor and the fact that they like set a date where they could make sure that i could be there and let people know um it's pretty special it's uh it's really cool what do you believe is the role for you in regard to female representation in baseball you've been kind of a groundbreaking presence and currently, your UBC softball teammate, Mia Valk, she's also a part of this Canadian mm-hmm. baseball women's team. Yeah. But what's your role? Um, it's tough right now being in school. I'm, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Um, but I do really want to get into coaching women. I want to – I'd actually be really interested in, like, keynote speaking, kind of going across, sharing my story. And, yeah, just, like, growing the game on the women's side because – 
I know it's getting bigger. It's definitely getting bigger. Um, and I'd like to see it continue to. Um, there's more leagues, like MLB is starting to help out a bit. I know there's leagues in Japan. Um, I get a lot of messages from young girls who um, are see my story or whatever, see a video about me and tell me just like, how excited they am and that they hope that's something that they can do and I really I really do think that um there's someone out there that will be good enough to compete in the MLB I don't necessarily think that it was me um I think there's a lot more talented girls out there which is cool like I got an opportunity but and like I I didn't do that great which I think I'm disappointed in myself for and I hope that um other people don't think that I represent every woman in the sport because yeah there's a lot more talent and girls that can throw harder and could really have a good run so yeah I just like to keep uh women's baseball going well thank you so much for coming in here today Claire Eccles everyone of UBC softball and really a representation of baseball for women across the globe you're a fourth year arts student what does the future hold for you in regards to baseball softball and beyond (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, going to be coming back for my fifth year, not playing softball, unfortunately. But I plan after I graduate, there's a league in Australia, a professional baseball league in Australia that I hope to play. For in. women specifically? For women, yeah. All women, mostly Australians, but they take a few international players per, per team. Um, I have some friends in Sydney that I haven't seen in a while that I'd love to see. And the team from Sydney actually contacted me. A few months ago so that's been something I've really been considering doing and I'd get to work and I'd get to live there and just play ball um, so I'd really like to do that for a year well best of luck to you and thank good you. luck with exam season <laughs> I know it's in the middle of UBC and thanks for coming on again we're gonna take a quick break for ads and PSAs and come right back to you on Thunderbird Eye like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are, search for us on YouTube for our film sketches, and follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it Hello, and we are back on Thunderbird Eye, and now we can finally get the glorious return of Eric Thompson. Eric, get that microphone. I got it. I'm right here. Hello. <laughs> it's been a long time. 
it's been a long time. Um, exams almost killed me, but I emerged unscathed. I mean, you, you beat an exam just to just to come here. Really oh yeah, I quick. left way early. Everybody in the exam looked really. Don't really funny tell at the me. prof. <laughs> Don't tell them. How good of an interview was that? I mean, she was a great oh, interviewee. She was awesome. Yeah, Claire Eccles, UBC softball, aka baseball extraordinaire. Like wow, her story's so inspiring for many. There's so many. Uh, like she was saying, young women and girls who are playing both baseball and softball that I've just seen going on the internet, like really praising her as kind of an inspiration. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to have the time to recap uh, baseball and softball, really, for this show. But we do have to touch on swim because this past weekend was huge for swimming. It was the Canadian Swimming Trials deciding who will make this summer's World Championship Team, World Juniors Team, Pan Am Games Team, and Para Pan Am Games Team only the top two swimmers in each event qualified for the world championships and our UBC swimmers, they did us proud as four of the 25 member team for the world championships are Thunderbirds and those four, that's the most for any one swim club. It was Thor too who came out. Yeah, Marcus Thormeyer, he was the star. He had an unbelievable weekend. He broke the Canadian record in the 100 meter backstroke, set a new personal best in the 200 meter freestyle and also won the 100 meter freestyle and the 200 meter backstroke that's the first time a male swimmer has won all four of those events at one canadian trials i mean he's had a pretty incredible year <laughs> about as good as possible josiah Binema also a very strong weekend he finished second in both the uh, 50 meter and 100 meter butterfly just missed out on qualifying for the worlds on the 200 meter fly he finished in third 0.28 seconds back of second and emily overholt who's been in the thunderbird news a lot recently she actually struggled a bit in the 400 meter freestyle she almost finished five seconds back um which of second place but she was able to rebound and won the 400 meter medley to punch her ticket to the world championships congrats to emily yeah alexander pratt he was the fourth thunderbird to make the world championships team capping off a very impressive rookie season here at ubc he dominated the 800 meter freestyle finishing with a time of eight minutes three se- 3.12 seconds that's over seven and a half seconds ahead of second place and 10 seconds ahead of third He'll be at the uh, 4 by 200 meter relay at the Worlds. And then some non-UBC highlights are uh, rival Kylie Mass, who's graduated U of T. She broke her own Canadian record. Classic Mass. Yeah, in the 200 meter <laughs> backstroke. And Sydney Pickram, who swims for Texas A&M down in the U.S., broke her own Canadian record in the 200 meter medley. And finally, a couple teenagers made the world championships team 15-year-old Emma O'Croynan finished second in the women's 400-meter freestyle. She beat out Overholt, among others, in that event. And 16-year-old Cole Pratt finished second in the men's 200-meter backstroke behind Thormeyer. And both of them will be going to South Korea for the world championships, which will be held from July 12th to 28th. You know what? South Korea, that's really far away. (laughs) But we have a great place, really close to home, especially if you're looking for affordable sports gear or activewear. If you are, you should check out our friends at Cheapskates down at 16th and Dunbar. They are Vancouver's oldest sporting goods consignment store, and they both buy and sell used equipment at great prices. Check them out on their website at CheapskatesVancouver.com or on Twitter at CheapskatesVan, or you can just walk down to their store at 3644 West 16th Avenue. And then there were two meets on over the weekend for UBC track teams, which meant a lot of athletes competing. There was the Western Washington Team Invitational. And then later, there was the uh, Simon Fraser emily Mondor Invitational. In addition to track and golf, 
or in addition to track, there was golf, which was a drizzly weekend for the Thunderbirds golf teams. Corey, what's the synopsis for golf over the weekend? Yeah, uh, we won. We boom, won. boom. We won pretty much everything. <laughs> Men's team won. Women's team won. Esther Lee won again, her fourth individual tournament win of the year. And Ethan DeGraff of the men's team did not actually win individually. He finished in second place, lost in a playoff. And I realize I kind of just jumped over the results of track as well. Do you know a short form of what track was able to accomplish over the weekend. Yeah, so in the first meet that you mentioned, the women's team finished first of the four teams. Uh, the men's team finished second. A lot of first place finishes here and there. In the second meet, it was mostly the reserves from the track team. Uh, but a couple of freshmen ended up winning their events. Eric Dahl in the discus and Allison McDonald in the women's long jump. And taking an incredibly brief look at baseball and softball, baseball went down very crucial series against Lewis Clark State. They unfortunately lost the series. They lost three of the games. They only won one, which means Lewis Clark State is now right behind them in the CCC standings. That'll be a very close finish down to the wire. And softball, unfortunately, Claire Claire is gone, so we can mention that they got absolutely murdered. Yeah, she was a bit nervous about that Southern ahead, Oregon. Of, ahead of the interview. It, to be fair, Southern Oregon is ranked uh, fourth in the entire NAIA. They're, they've only lost one conference game all season. Yeah, and the game's... Uh, they were not close. We're not going to reveal the scores, but it wasn't great. And what's coming up? Uh, we got softball. We got baseball. Uh, softball's at home. Baseball's on the road. We got some uh, men's rugby against Marilona. Marilona RC. And I believe that's, that's about it for rugby's last game of the season. It yeah. is, yes. And they've had a good one. Again, no surprises there. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up with your UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is go following us on Facebook. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and potentially YouTube. Keep an eye out for that, at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Eric, and Corey with contributions from the exam-ridden Liz Wang. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your evening.